BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello, you've joined the Victor Davis Hanson Show. Victor is a commentator and Alice and now, sorry, Robert, let's try that again. Victor is a commentator and analyst of current political and military affairs. He is trained as a classicist and even more so or more specifically a philologist and has written much on both ancient and modern worlds. He has also grown up as a farmer and written on agriculture. And so he has two books out in particular, but he writes a lot on agriculture for our ultra content, um, in addition to, of course, military and political affairs. So we invite everybody to join his website at victorhanson.com. You can subscribe for free and not get the ultra content, but you will get the get put onto our news list. And then the ultra content is a $5 subscription for a month or $50 a year. Victor is also the Martin and Neely Anderson Senior Fellow in Military History and Classics at the Hoover Institution and the Wayne and Marsha Buskey Distinguished Fellow in History at Hillsdale College. This is our Friday news edition, so we've got a lot on the agenda, but let's take a moment for a few messages and we'll come right back. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. We're back, and thanks to everybody for joining us. Victor, you know, I've um, it's a funny world out there. There's so much that's bright and beautiful in it, and I know that oftentimes when we deal with the news, it can get kind of bleak, so I expect that it will today. But I was hoping that maybe before we start, we could get some positive thoughts and vibes from you for the podcast. Yeah, it'd be good. I have a, a lot of readers who said that. One, Gary, who writes me quite frequently, he he made that point. Good news. Well, the good news is that the American people, I think, have lost their patience with the woke, and they're starting to push back on every front. And if they don't blow it, I think there's a good, a very good chance that in about a year and a half, they're going to um, vote to take back the Senate, the presidency, and increase the margin in the House. And then let's hope that, and I think they will start to undo some of the existential damage that's been done the last two and a half years. So that that's very good. 
I'm living in California um, where we were told that we had a sustained, everlasting, permanent drought. And now we've got flooding everywhere, which is terrible. People are losing their homes. Uh, houses are collapsing in the Sierra, mudslides in Los Angeles. But the reservoirs are full. There's going to be enough water. If we had a drought today for the next two years, we have enough water. So that's a big turnaround. That, that's very good news. Uh, I think there's a lot of people who are starting to see that this whole period of aberration that we've had, really the last three or four years, started with COVID, started with the May, June, July, August riots of 2020, started with George Floyd and the ignition or the acceleration of woke is coming to an end because the country cannot continue the way it's going. I think people realize that zero interest, modern monetary theory does not work. It gives you $33 mm -hmm. trillion in debt and bank collapses and a uh, reaction with high interest rates. And that that's out the window now, and that's good. And I think yeah. people are starting to see, if you look at the border, 7 million entrants and when the president of Mexico says, you know, he wants 40 million people in the United States to vote Democrat, that's an intolerable situation. So at least I think Americans, according to polls or story, I know there was some recent Wall Street Journal polls I've discussed on television that are very pessimistic. But there was a couple of things that were very optimistic in them. One is Americans overwhelmingly reject the whole there, they, she, he, it's um pronoun melodrama. They reject the idea of biological males participating in women's sports. They reject uh, the use of race for hiring, admissions, retention, promotion. So uh, that's pretty good news. I'm in a kind of a weird state. I'll just mention that I'm kind of out of it today because um, I live on a farm and I've had some immune problems, long COVID and this mastocytosis, and I don't handle bee stings well. I got stung four or five times out of the hives they bring in, and it didn't really do much. I could handle it at home. But yesterday, I got a bad sting, and I just went into anaphylactic shock. So I had to go to the ER, and it's, it's very scary when all of a sudden your body turns bright red like a tomato, and you look like you have warts everywhere, big welts. And your blood pressure goes down to 80 over 40 and your heart rate goes up. So I'm kind of out of it today, but I'm much better. And they gave, boy, they're very good at the Selma Hospital. I got there and bam, Benadryl, EpiPen, adre um, adrenaline, uh, steroids, Benadryl. And within four hours, I was back to normal signs. I came home and today I just feel like I don't like force. <laughs> Four doses of Benadryl or, you know, 150 milligrams of prednisone, but much less the EpiPens. I had two, I think. So I'm trying to but be upbeat. Yeah, it saved, my it life. saved, saved your my life. life. I know. Oh, that's yeah, amazing. I, I fainted. I was completely unconscious. Yeah. And it's kind of scary because I had been told 15 years ago to, after I had all these tests, because it happened once, to carry EpiPens. But... You know, I've been exercising. I've been watching my diet to keep the histamine down, the mastocytosis. They they measure it by serum tryptase, and I got it down from like 20 to 6. 
And, you know, other than skin peeling or kind of burping or kind of dizziness once in a while, I was handling it really well, even when I got stung by a bee. But as the doctor said, they, they're accumulative. You know what I mean? That you get stung, you handle it, that venom doesn't get out of your system quickly. Then you get another one and it builds up and it causes a more uh, histamine reaction. And I didn't realize that. So I was working in the yard yesterday and I, I think I reached down and something stung me and I'm pretty sure it was a bee. And then... I looked around and my finger looked like my thumb, little finger. And then I thought, no big deal. Then three minutes later, my hand, my all the way to my shoulders were red. Five minutes later to my waist, five minutes later to my toes, welts everywhere. Then my ears closed, my eyes closed, and I couldn't breathe. And then wow. I was scary. And then I just felt like I could hear this locomotive inside me, my heart, you know. Yeah. And I was really... I've been really feeling great. I, uh, you know, everybody says long COVID lasts for a year. I'd had it for 10 months. And then the last three weeks, it, it's disappeared. And I was actually exercising. I felt for a guy 69, I felt wonderful. I was upbeat. And then this happened. Now I feel like I'm kind of back at square one for a while, but mm-hmm. it'll pass. It'll pass. And I bet you felt wonderful because you were taking lots of supplements, huh? <laughs> yeah, I can't tell. <laughs> that, well, that I helps. Take- I always take my um, my Elevate hydrogen water. That seems to help. And I take, you know, I take about 15 supplements. I take uh, that low-dose naltrexone they give for inflammation at four milligrams. That helps. I try not to take a lot of prescription drugs. I think I'm only taking one. Sometimes I take some Singular. Uh, but mostly the way I got, I just did a lot of research. I went to this integrative doctor and he told me these things are very mild, but they reduce histamine release. That's what mastocytosis is. It's an inability to process histamine. It's not allergies. It's similar to allergies, but uh, you can either do that or you can take massive doses of Zyrtec or Allegra or Pepsid or Tagamet or Zantec. And I mean massive doses to stop it. And I don't do that. So I have to be really careful, but you get histamine when you exercise, when you got dirty, I'm out on a farm, so dust and pollen. And then they brought in about a hundred beehives all over the orchards for the almond pollination. So, you know, I got a sting and all of a sudden, wow, you know, my hand swelled up and I feel like my heart was racing. Then I took Benadryl, no problem. And then one day I was walking, I got stung three times. That was about three weeks ago. And then wham, I took some Benadryl, Zyrtec. I felt sick for two days and I was over it. So when I got this thing, I said, oh, it's okay. But it was just so sudden. It was, I went from, yeah. I had jogged a mile and walked two miles. I'm thinking, I had just been thinking, I just did an interview and I thought, I'm over long COVID. This is a gift from God. I'm feeling great. Life's great. It's, I went out in the yard and then I got a little pinprick. I thought, you know, I picked up, um, I don't know, it was an old something on the ground and I picked it up and I think underneath were bees and shielding themselves from the rain and I could feel a sting. And then I saw a little black thing on my finger. And the next thing I know, my finger looked like more like my big toe. And then, gosh, it was, it was so sudden. It just went from my finger all the way to my toe. They had to take off all my clothes. I was in my boxer shorts and putting lotion on me and everything. And it didn't help. And then 
it didn't, I thought Benadryl would stop it, but then it started affecting my heart rate. And I, I went and took my pulse and it was like 130. And then, yeah. and then I started losing blood pressure fast, really fast. And so when they came out, I think I said, I think I can, I was sitting down finally, I woke up and I said, I think I can handle it. And they said, you got 125 pulse, you're 80 over 40. You've got to get to the emergency room immediately. And Boy, one shot of EpiPen and Benadryl injection, and by yeah. the time I got, I was under within. I, by the time I got to the emergency room, I was feeling better, and then they gave me massive doses again, and I'm just kind of wiped out right now. I think I don't know what's all the drugs or just the shock from the anaphylaxis. Yeah. But that's well, upbeat. I'm very yes. happy. Yeah, you're. I missed you're dodge never the been. You never been so happy for the Enlightenment, Industrial Revolution, and the advances of science as you are today. Yeah, I do. So that's I, good. I, I, yeah. yeah. All right. So let's then turn to the school shooting in Tennessee at the Covenant School in Nashville. I know that there's been a lot on the news this week about it. I think what um, perhaps your listeners would like to hear and what I, my questions are, what are your thoughts on the means of the um, queer or transgendered movement? And if you could clarify for us what you think the ends of this movement are. There, I don't know what it ends. I mean, they... They keep giving this false data that there's, I think they call it, there's, they're having a day of vengeance on April 1st. Imagine that just a, six days after a transgender person executed three nine-year-old girls and three adults at a Christian school and left large manifesto, which they will not release because then they've, in the last nine manifesto, there's six manifestos that have accompanied uh, mass, shooting. mass shooting, they have released it. They've released it, but they have not released this because we know what's in it. It's a defense of shooting traditional Christian people as if they're antithetical to transgenderism. And then, and the community won't, won't reply to that. Nobody will object that they're putting this on ice. It's terrible. And then, they're having a day of vengeance. Vengeance. At least they could say a day of unity, but they're not changing the title of their April 1 uh, protest in front of the Supreme Court. Mm. And then we had a transgendered activist reading into the Texas legislature. She was invited, I guess, an accusation that they were Nazis. And then when she was told that her time was up, another transgendered person popped up and fought with the sergeant of arms. We had a situation in New Zealand where the speaker, feminist speaker, was almost beat up. We know what happens that J.K. Rowling can't go out in public because they will attack her. And you saw what happened. The, people forget that the catalyst for the whole Stanford Law School debacle was that Judge Duncan had a pedophile who was convicted of pornography, and he did not accept the person's request to suddenly call himself a she, I think, because he was going to be transferred into a woman's prison, which he thought mm. would be more conducive to him. So he rejected that, and that prompted one of the catalysts that prompted the law school debacle. So... It's very strange because statistically, if you look at the data from people who suffer from gender dysphoria and other emotional disorders, it's about 
two hundredths percent, you know. Yes. It's not it's two hundred percent. It's like two out of a thousand. Mm. But there is a more common uh, disorder, and we've seen it throughout antiquity called transvestism. And these are people that are not true transsexuals. They're not born into the opposite body of their mind is not one sex and their body is another. Uh, they are people in one sex that enjoy either dressing up like men or dressing up like women, but sometimes they're still not even homosexual. Sometimes they are, sometimes they aren't. And that's more common. It might be one or two percent. I don't think it's that high. But my point is that this issue was being dealt with. And all of a sudden, the last, I think it was the George Floyd era that we decided that we were going to make this the great civil rights point. Uh, issue of our time. And what did we do? We destroyed women's sports. I, I think every woman that is in the NCA, unless they stop allowing biological males and the Olympics has stopped that or international sports has. But if they keep allowing these young men that who say they've transitioned uh, to win all of these sprint contests and shot put contests and weightlifting contests and swimming, they've destroyed 50 years of women's efforts to to obtain equality in sports. And I think women should just say, you know what? We'll start our own league. We're not going to participate. Just yeah. forget it. We're not going to do that. And yeah. I think a lot of people should, should do that too. Disney tried to get on the bandwagon. They destroyed their uh, $7 billion loss and they're laying off or $5 billion loss. They're laying off 7,000 people. So people should just say, no, they don't have to be violent. They don't have to do not be violent. Do not be confrontational. Just say, if you want to try to to take over this, then we're not going to participate yeah. and be, use sympathy. But uh, they have there has to be some culpability. So when you have a professor at Wayne State who approves of killing people on issues of transgender, tenure professor posted that. Or you have, as I said, the legislature, or you had this killer in Nashville. And there are people in the mainstream media that have tried to contextualize it. And she posed with all of her weapons. All I ask is if, imagine that there was a right-wing person who went into a Montessori school or a left-wing school and shot them up executed six people, including three nine-year-olds, and then had a long manifesto about some kind of wild right-wing attack on the left and a Trump administration or Trump attorney general tried to suppress that manifesto yeah. from being released. And that person then tried to, there were people in the so-called MAGA community that tried to defend or contextualize what happened, that would be an outrage. It should. Yeah. Yeah, but that's what be. the left is doing. Mm. Yeah, I know. Uh, I was thinking that the media is really suppressing any sort of discussion. One, they On the one side, they suppress any sort of discussion about this um, transgendered woman or the fact that she's shot six people. And then on the other hand, they try to make her into a victim. <laughs> You know, oh, you're misgendering her. I know. And it leads into a larger question. And that is that they keep talking about January 6th. They've arrested a thousand people and either convicted them or, or they're in prison. 
they're going to go after another thousand. Not one of the people inside the Capitol had an, a weapon. Not one of the people caused the death of any other person. There was one person who was a protester who was shot going through a window, Ashley Babbitt. She was unarmed. There was another person that may have died from being bashed. If you compare that to May, June, July, August, as I said, 120 days, Kamala Harris and Donald Trump said, go, he shouldn't have said it, but he said, go assemble peacefully and patriotic over there to the Congress. She said, Kamala Harris said, who was shortly going to be vice president candidate, vice presidential candidate, she said, this isn't going to stop, nor should it, nor should it. The, you know, the architect of the 1619 project says looting is not a crime. They encouraged it, burning down a federal courthouse, burning down a police precinct, torching the St. John's Episcopal Church, killing 35 people, injuring 1,500 officers, $2 billion of damage, arson, trying to storm the White House grounds, sending Trump and the, and the Secret Service into a bunker. And there was no, I mean, they arrested 14,000, 99% of them have been released. And when you look at what the left does, think about it. I mean, the other day that Sonny Huston and The View uh, asked, or they were talking about, uh, she was introducing a conversation, Jane Fonda was a guest about abortion. I think it was uh, Joy Behar actually asked Jane Fonda, well, if the protests don't do, what do you consider, will we'll not stop these pro-life laws? And Jane Fonda, with a straight face, said, murder, murder. And, wow, you know, murder. And then I was thinking the other day, uh, what do Steve Scalise and Lee Zeldin and Rand Paul have in common? They all were attacked for political reasons by leftists for their views. And second, nobody cared. They all contest. We don't even know who James Hodgkins, Hodgkins is, that Bernie bro that shot Scalise. Nobody talks about that as a political crime. We don't. When Rand Paul walked out of the convention in 2020 in Washington, he was almost, he and his wife were almost attacked. The person who attacked him. The doctor did it for political reasons, at least partly for political reasons. Lee Zeldin was, this guy tried to stab him. He tackled him almost. And nobody says anything. Then we had, you know, Chuck Schumer in March of 2020. My God, he said, he said to a mob outside the Supreme Court doors, he said, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh. You sowed the wind. You're going to reap the whirlwind. You don't know what's going to hit you. What does he mean by uh, reap the whirlwind and hit you? Well, I know what he means because not too long after, in 21 and 22, they started to swarm the homes of the Supreme Court justices. We learned yesterday in testimony, and Garland couldn't really say anything, but he he didn't he didn't enforce the law. It's a federal offense to go to a Supreme Court justice's home for the p purpose of protesting, mobbing it for to influence a judicial opinion. They did that with impunity. The FBI didn't even stop them. They wanted them to do that. And then we had an assassin turn up, and he only didn't kill Kavanaugh. He got very close to him because he happened to text his sister, and she. I guess she convinced him not to, uh, you know, to stop it. And my point with all this is,
nobody there's a there's a sense on the left now that if you commit political violence, it's going to be somehow um, contextualized or explained away or excused. And that means there's no deterrence. And so all of these violent acts, whether it's the, the Nashville shooting or attacking a Scalise or Rand Paul or an assassin showing up at the steps. It's all based on the idea, well, we don't we don't support violence, but uh, you guys trigger it. And, and it's not symmetrical and it's very dangerous yeah. because uh, and then especially when you see the effort to it wasn't took Joe Biden one nanosecond uh, after the Nashville shootings to weigh in politically and say he wants to ban what he said that AK-47s were used. You can't have a fully automatic AK-47 in the United States. They have to be modified. If there is one that's an antique or you have to, it's hard to find on the dark web. You know, that's what I heard. And 93% of all killings were or in the United States are by handgun. Yet he keeps going on assault weapons. And then Mayorkas the other day was asked by Senator Kennedy, can you explain what an assault weapon is? He couldn't. Does it look like a Can you say military-style weapon? He couldn't. An assault weapon is a fully automatic gun. Forget how it looks like. It means if you keep your finger pressed on the trigger, it will continue to fire. You don't have to let up. That's it, Yeah. basically. Yeah. And what is a semi-assault weapon. It's a Savage 22 I have up in my closet that I got when I was, I don't know, 12 years old. It's called a semi-automatic 22. And you can take it out and you put 15 shots in a tube down beside the barrel and you can shoot, lift your finger, shoot, lift your finger, shoot. It's a 22. That's basically the same caliber as a M16 without the, you know, the it's about a five millimeter, a little smaller, 243, 222. With a, but I guess if I took a spray can and painted it black and made a little, you know, fake magazine, they would call it a military assault weapon. So mm-hmm. they don't know what they're doing and they talk a lot about it, but they don't want to do what would be necessary. And we know what would be necessary to stop gun violence. You could stop it in six months. If you want to stop school shootings and, you know, John Lott, the scholar that the left hates because he's empirical, has pointed out that of the last, I think, 10 school shootings, the three most horrific were overseas. But if you want to stop in the United States, there has never been an incident, I think, where a school shooter tried to go to a school or got away with a school where there was an armed guard hasn't happened. The shooter herself supposedly said that one of the reasons she picked this school was that others are more defended. So you could have armed guards. They have a pretty good record. You could have a federal statute that says if you go into a school and you shoot anyone lethally, you're going to spend the the sentence's life in prison without the possibility of parole. That would be a deterrent if you publicized it. And for the inner cities in which 9,000 people are killed with handguns, 93%, as I said, you could stop it. You can just say, you know what? If you are a felon and you are in possession of a weapon and we pull you over, you're going to go to prison for two years and just 
announce it. And then Donald, one of the, I think the dumbest things that Donald Trump did was invite Kanye West and everybody to the White House and empty the jails because he said it was inordinately locking up black Americans. The people who got hurt from that were black Americans because the crime rates soared in the inner cities along with defunding the police. It's not racist to put felons in jail for illegally possessing handguns for gang purposes, almost always, because it'll save other black people in the neighborhood. And I'm sorry that it's an 18-year-old kid who has broken and, and, you know, breaking and entering, or he's been convicted of manslaughter or murder, uh, and he gets an offense, but of carrying a handgun, but he should he should go to prison. I think that would be a deterrent. Yeah. Take a while. Yeah. You have to have a, build a new prison, but it would take a while. In California, we had something called three strikes, and by a judicial fiat, we don't enforce it. But it did yeah. really do two things. We had more prisons, but we also had very, 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 very fewer crimes being committed than today. All right, Victor, we need to take a break and then come back and we're going to talk a little bit about maybe Matt Taibbi, who has been um, accosted by the IRS, if I can put it that way. And then Xi Jinping has said that he is preparing China for war. And I want to get your thoughts on that. But let's go to these messages first and we'll be right back. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welcome back. So let's go with Taibi first. I'm not sure that there's too much to say because the IRS seems to have been the instrument of all so many presidents from FDR, JFK, Richard Nixon had his list that he gave to the IRS. Uh, The nonprofit conservatives in the last decade were targeted by the Obama administration. So I'm wondering... Uh, the I guess I don't know if they served him a warrant, but they showed up at his house um, the day that he was testifying to the House Judiciary Committee. And I was wondering your thoughts on Taibbi there. Well, they left a note, I think, but for him to think of think about it over the weekend and then come in. Everybody knows it was, it was not a coincidence. It's just what we saw with the FBI going after. Uh, parents at school board meetings. This administration is the most corrupt, I think, in history, weaponized in that sense of corruption. And so what they do is they try to send performance art, virtue signaling uh, episodes to, as the French said, encourage the other. So 
to encourage others. That is, like, as I said before, Voltaire's famous comment that the British have a strange custom that every once in a while they shoot an admiral, I think Admiral Bing, and then that encourages the others. That's what they do. They want to say, okay, you want to go testify in front of Congress? You want to embarrass this administration? You're going to be audited by the IRS. And even if you didn't do anything wrong, it's going to cost you ten or 20,000 bucks for your accountant and attorney. That's what their message. And yeah. that's what the FBI does. That's what the CIA does. Look at Carter Page. They were willing to forge a, and doctor a, a FISA warrant to go after him. They ruined his life. Look what they did to James O'Keefe. <laughs> You think that if there was a diary that he was an investigative journalist and somebody said, here's a diary about a political scandal in Texas or something, and a guy wrote it down, and then he moved out of his apartment, and so we found it, we want to sell it to you. And he even, you think they would, the FBI would have run a raid on him? But Ashley, ba Ashley Biden's diary with supposedly entries that she took a shower too long at too long at too she was too old to be taking showers with her father the president and that may have influenced her promiscuity and i thought to myself as a father of two daughters i can say that i never took a shower at any time in my entire life at any age with them nor would i ever can contemplate that so that was an embarrassing admission and the government reacted. It's it, it's very scary what's going on right now. I would be very scared if I was a Supreme Court justice, because basically Merrick Garland testified this week that he did everything right uh, as far as the Supreme Court justices. And translate that, what he meant was, we have a federal law that says it's against the law to mob or swarm a Supreme Court justices home to influence their opinion, i.e. Roe versus Wade, because of the leaked document. Therefore, hundreds did just that. But I did not call the FBI and I did not issue any edict like I did, like I did, like I did, like I did during the parents who objected to critical race theory in Virginia. And that's scary because yeah. he's, sent, he's trying to send a message to the justices. You keep going down that passage and you're going to have a bunch of left wing nuts. And one of them was an assassin. And only because he texted his sister did he back out. But he was pretty close to Kavanaugh's home. And he had apparently correspondence where he said one won't do it. You have to take out three. And he says explicitly the idea was to get him killed and let Biden appoint the replacements. You go down that road and you're right where Africa South Africa or Colombia or Venezuela is. Yep. And yep. that's what's really scary. Afghanistan or Iraq or any of those countries. That's yeah. what's scary. The left can can contextualize or excuse almost anything for the greater good. That's what that's how they think. But they've really engaged in a lot of violence. And I was thinking, you know, let me ask you something, Sammy. What is Cory Booker? Joe Biden and Robert De Niro all have in common. Uh, they said something about, oh, didn't Cory Booker do I'm the Spartacus guy? And yes, he was a Spartacus Robert De Niro guy. said, I want to hit somebody. And so did Joe Biden, as a matter of fact. Who was that someone? Who was that someone? Was it Trump? Yeah, it was Trump. It was Trump. 
Joe Biden said on two occasions that he wanted to take Trump behind the gym, remember, and beat him up. And Cory yeah. Booker said he thinks he's full of testosterone. When I get full of testosterone, I don't know if, how much that is true, but he said i.e. he's full of testosterone. I'd like to beat him up. And Robert De Niro mm-hmm. said, I'd like to hit him in the mouth. Just by memory, let me ask you another question. Uh-oh. <laughs> Go <laughs> <What>? ahead. <laughs> and, uh, listeners out there, what is Johnny Depp? Snoop Dogg, Kathy Griffith, George Lopez, Moby, uh, Rosie O'Donnell, yeah, Mickey Rourke. Yeah, I wrote about this, so I know them in my head. And Larry, they, that, that weird guy, Larry, ball-headed black guy, Larry Wick, Wickmore, Wilmore, what do they all have in common? They all wanted to cut, <laughs> mutilate, hit Donald <laughs> Trump in some fashion. I, Don't forget incinerate. <laughs> Don't decapitate. Yep. Don't beat him to death. I think Uh, Snoop Dogg wanted to shoot him. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, there's not comparable things about Joe Biden, and they 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 let they let they let it go because they feel that it's morally superior to say those things. And yes. that gets back to the Jenny Martinez letter that everybody's praising, the 10-page manifesto that Stanford supports uh, free speech. Ilya Shapiro wrote a very good takedown in Newsweek about that today. And he pointed out that if you're not going to if you're not going to punish the people, because she said in the we don't know who was who and who's responding. Yeah, you do. You have a video. You can yeah, pick out exactly. the four people who were organizing it on the video and they were the most vocal and said things like scum and I want your daughters raped and then you should expel them. And then you can write letters to the various state bars saying these people should not ever be practicing. They're morally unfit. And then you should write a letter to all the federal judges and say these people and state should not be clerking for you if they should pass the bar. That just would to, probably get the Democratic justices to, in fact, hire them. <laughs> yeah, so. well, that was the point, I think. They're, they're, they're probably all going to be hired. But if you're just going to say, what did, what did they say? What did she say that every single of law students or two or 300 of them is going to have a First Amendment study session? <laughs> Half day? So all the people who try to support the First Amendment and were shouted down are going to be punished by going to an indoctrination center with the people who oppose them. It's like that's crazy. Steinbeck was told was told by the other uh, dean. I think her name was Moreno, the HR dean, that if you got a problem, you Federalist people, and you're feeling depressed, talk to Dean Steinbeck, who caused all your problems. Yeah, right. And that's what it is. Why would you want to go sit in a class with somebody who was calling, putting your picture up all around campus as a target to be targeted? It didn't make any sense. It did not make any sense. And then the second fear is what in the world? Why would you let in anybody to a law school with a bachelor's degree who didn't know what the First Amendment was? Why would you have to have a study session on the First Amendment? You think they would know that when they came to Stanford? Maybe they don't. Mm. Maybe when they got rid of the LSAT or they don't look at GPAs. But that's probably the reason, as I said before, that their flunk rate for the first bar try went from about four percent flunking to fourteen percent in one year. 
And it's going to get worse because they're, they've gone to, you know, compensatory, compensatory and repertory admission. Well, that's where the bar will probably go too. So maybe you won't see such quite a drop. Maybe that's why it's only 14%. It probably mm. should be 50% can't pass the bar, but they Well, remember Mayor they, Villa, Villa Garosa? I think he flunked the bar five times. There was always yeah. yeah, there was always a pressure to lower the standard. That's the whole left's point. If we don't get what we want, we want to change the rules. They're always into process. Everybody should remember that. We love the Electoral College because it gave us the blue wall. Uh oh, it crashed in 2016. It's racist. It's horrible. It's a racist rail. Oh, it grew up spontaneously in 2020. Just cool it. We hate the filibuster. When we have power, it's horrible. Oh, oh, we're out of power. The filibuster is a key thing. Barack Obama must filibuster Judge Alito's nomination. And that's how they think. Yeah. And that'll well, be Victor, true of the that'll be true of the border. If if the seven million million entrants were to vote like Cubans, they're not. But if they were, they would shut it tomorrow. If the Mexican American community in the United States will just vote fifty one percent Republican in the two thousand twenty four election, they'll close the border. Yeah. So if we can turn then to another topic and something also frightening is. Xi Jinping says to his um, Chinese parliament at their annual meeting that he is preparing China for war. And he has, um, to back that up, the concrete things he's done is to increase the China's defense budget by 7.2%. He is attempting to make China less reliant on imports of grain, and he is building new air raid shelters. And so I was wondering your thoughts on Xi. <laughs> She's attitude is we have 1.4 billion people. You have 330 million people. And we're going to build air raid shelters because we are planning for a nuclear exchange with you at some point. And it will wipe you out, but it will not hurt us. And we think this is Orwellian and crazy mutually, but he thinks he could ride it out. Therefore, he is planning to go into Taiwan, and he thinks conventionally we can't stop that. He may be right. But then if we say, well, we have 6,000 nuclear weapons, he's going to say we have 6,100. I think he does now. I think in the last 10 years, he went from 300 up to 6,000, and they're new. They're new. And it's, it, they're basically American-style weapons that technology was stolen from us or given to them by corporations. And he's working feverently on, we're not, but he is, on missile defense. So we're worried about theirs and they and she and he. And we're worried about whether a guy with huge biceps and broad shoulders can swim with male genitalia. And they are worried about nuking us, to, uh, destroying Taiwan. And I don't even know if they're going to have to invade Taiwan. I don't think they plan on invading. I think they plan on building up such a huge nuclear and conventional deterrent that, they, that, that they're going to tell the Taiwanese, the Americans cannot help you. They're too, they're, look at them. They're scared. Look at Afghanistan. Look at their, look at their whole woke revolution. 
They're just a mess. They're not going to come to your aid. So why don't in your next election vote one last time for an appeaser? And that person will be like the last person in Hong Kong and we will absorb you and you'll be part of your national racial identity. And do you want to be nuked or do you want to United States is gone. So I think that's how they're going to operate. And I think the next election, a pro-Chinese candidate will probably win. Yeah, I was going to say, weren't you recently talking to Dr. Quay, and he lives in Taiwan, and he said that there's a large portion of the population that really doesn't care if they become part of China or not, that there's not I don't know if he said he didn't care. I think he thought there was a large population that did care, but the people who are the most influential Mm -hmm. would not care. And he didn't mean they don't care, given their brothers. Brothers, they like to continue like they are. But between that and annihilation, they would probably prefer. Capitulate. Yeah, yeah, capitulate. And the United States, I think if there's a Democratic administration of the caliber of Obama or Biden would sort of say publicly, we're going to be there. We're going to defend every inch of time and then private. Well, you know, if you don't, I'm whispering like Joe Biden, if you don't really (laughs) If you don't really, you know, you don't really want to fight, that's okay with us. Just let us know and we'll kind of pull back. And so that's where I think is where we're going. Yeah. And, and, and I don't know. I don't know where we're going in Ukraine, but we're emptying all of our arsenals out and all the people I've noticed that are saying, give them more HIMARS, give them more Patriot batteries. Give them more Abrams. Give them more. Give them F-16s. We got to give them more artillery shells. Every single year, when people try to increase the military budget for arms rather than diversity, equity, inclusion, they vote against it, or they're yeah. against it. And so, yeah, all you, of these, seem- all these people oh. that want to go fight to the last Ukrainian, they not all of them, but I mean, all most of them on the left have never been. They're never in favor of an arms industry to supply the wherewithal that they demand we give Ukraine. We're just living off our seed corn, and we can't replace these things unless we go. We should take the 7 or $8 billion that we use on diversity, equity, inclusion, and have what we used to have, like the Springfield arm, you know, Arsenal Armament, which we still have, but have kind of like the war production board that we had in World War II and start a huge rearming, not to be offensive in nature, but just to make sure we have 10 times the Patriot batteries we need or five times the Abrams tanks or 10 times the F-16s and F-35s. And we've got a viable uh, nuclear and anti-nuclear ballistic missile defense. And we up our cruise missiles and the Navy's pathetic. I think it's down to 230 ships should get up to 500. And that would be the ideal training for American youth instead of sitting home with student debt and their sociology majors playing video games and deciding whether they're going to date until they're 35 and have half a child or 0.6, you know, our our demography is 1.6. Why not go into the military? Yeah. Yes. And well, maybe they'll decide to date a computer of some sort or not, since AI is becoming. And that's our next topic. So we'll come back and talk about artificial intelligence. We'll be right back. 
I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. We're back. Everybody's made it back. Thank you for listening to the Victor Davis Hansen show. Um, we are a subsidiary or our mothership, as Jack often calls it, is John Solomon, the Just the News, and he is an investigative reporter. And so lots of great stuff on uh, his website, Just the News. Victor, I've been listening a lot to a lot of different things. So I want to kind of bring them together if you'll um, humor me for a second. But um, we have our tech moguls, Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg, who my interpretation and paraphrases, they say, well, maybe we should hold on and pause for a moment with this artificial intelligence and that we need to really think about where it's going because they're afraid basically that um, the either that the robots will turn out to be more intelligent or be able to get away from their humans or that bad actors might get a hold of them. But I was also listening, um, Glenn Beck had a long series on it on his morning show. And, you know, you know, him, he brings up the sort of apocalyptic um, element of it. So he seemed to have this great fear that this artificial intelligence is going to just take over everything. And I, my own feeling is that when I listen to that, that they, they sure artificial intelligence is getting better, but the humans are far more complicated and far more capable. And the response to the improving artificial intelligence is not calculated into that at all. And, and finally, I'll tell you the last thing my experience with artificial intelligence is, since I do do some teaching, that students try to use it, and it is very limited at this time. Now, obviously, they plan it to be very to get better, but you know, it's giving students these encyclopedic answers, and and then it's limited to what the programmer has really made it capable of doing. So I'll let you take it from there. Well, I think because they're now politically different, Zuckerberg and Elon Musk, and yet they have similar fears, should tell us something. And because they know a lot more about what's going on in Silicon Valley than we do, I think they're afraid, as you pointed out, of what's on the horizon. And I would go a little bit more controversially and say they know the mindset of the people who are creating artificial intelligence because they were the people who were blacklisting everybody on Twitter, working with the FBI, 
They are the people like at Facebook, you know, that were part of the $419 million to warp an election. They are the people at Google who warped the order of search returns for political purposes. So they know those people. The And I work, you know, one mile from Silicon Valley at Stanford and Stanford had the Stanford Internet Observatory project, which was heavily involved. And there were members, I think, some of our colleagues at the university that were on that Hamilton 67 project, which was Matt Tulliby is also exposed, was working with the government to censor. And what I'm trying to say, Sammy, is they know all too well the people who are going to be programming the artificial intelligence. And it's not going to be disinterested. It's going yeah. to be turn in, write your paper for your professor, and then the, it's going to be some left-wing diatribe, critical legal race theory or something, or uh, let's have a ID of strangers coming into a building to see who looks suspicious, and it's going to be the guy, you know, with a tie and sport coat and short hair. Or maybe let's run a artificial intelligence to boost something, and it's going to be, you know, green solar panels, but not fracking. So they know what... They know that the people who are behind this, A, are very capable, and B, are highly weaponized. And they're thinking, these guys are very dangerous. Yeah. Okay. Uh, last question um, for this show, and then I have a couple of things from our listeners that they've written to me. Um, what do you think of that Gwyneth Paltrow case? She doesn't seem to be doing herself any favors. She seems to be in front of that jury sort of as a princess that's been harmed, and nobody can <clears throat> tell who's right, whether the uh, guy I ran don't. into her or she <laughs> ran into to the guy. Gosh, you know, you're making me so cynical, but this today but with all due respect sammy uh-huh what is gwyneth paltrow 51 hollywood yes. is a cutthroat ruthless amoral place and so when you get talented actresses with very merle streep's an exception Catherine hepburn was an exception but by and large they have a different standard for women than men women about 35 do not get the roles they got at 25 and it's really cruel, so they don't get a lot of attention. But I hadn't heard of Gwyneth Paltrow lately, had you? Uh, I hear... She's been in shows, but I've always in my mind questioned her acting I... ability, whether they I... picked the, her for a part they know she can act in or whether she's really skilled. And while watching her on the on the um, being interrogated for this court case, I would say she's not a very skilled actress, at least not like Johnny uh, Depp. <laughs> I just noticed when I turned on the television and I went on the internet to look at the news, guess what popped up? She's got some of the nicest Italian designer glasses she's wearing. She's got an outfit that's stunning. Did you see her hairstyle? Did you see her grace? So she's got a role of the century. She's acting in front of thousands, millions of people. She's getting millions of dollars of free publicity. And I think you so, and I, she's a really you, bad actress if that, this is acting because she's not going to convince the jury if she sits uh, around uh, uh, looking uh, like a. Uh, 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 a, a peeved princess. That's, you know. Did you think that Johnny Depp was going to convince the jury when he went into his heavily tattooed, weird, 
uh, get up kind of off the rack, messy suit muttering like he's in a pirate movie and yes just, and <laughs> at least they, that was a better show <laughs> well everybody wanted and they gave him whatever he want and so they did and me he, that the, i think that a, the, the evidence shows that she kind of did hit the guy the guy you know may have not complained as much as he should have at the beginning but uh she and he sued, and for her, three hundred thousand dollars is like for me a hundred bucks, right? Unless she spent all the money she made, and I doubt she has. And so, why did she contest this? Was it to so she wouldn't be shaken down? She could have settled for I don't know one hundred fifty thousand dollars with no legal fees for either one of them. So, I, I guess the answer I'm trying to do it is she thought that she was going to do a Donny Johnny Depp repeat performance and get all of this free publicity. And then wear all these designer clothes and look young and remind everybody she's not 51. And they're going to be. And you saw that attorney for <laughs> the poor doctor when she started to interrogate Gwyneth Paltrow. It was it was, it was like, yes. wow, what kind of heels? Wow, you look sharp. You know, it was like, screw my client. I don't care about him. I'm only here so I get to talk to you. And maybe, but maybe she's being too smart by half and trying to make Gwyneth Paltrow play herself, which is sort of that, you know, princess, I, I've been hurt look. And so she's drawing I, out her. Opinion. I'm glad that you have more confidence in American juries than I do. <laughs> I've only been on one and they kicked me off very quickly because they thought that I was too hardcore. Yeah. I've, I've been testifying in a couple of law trials on farming issues. One of them was a poor farmer who had a lifetime estate and a woman that was his, his great aunt allowed him to do all the work for years. And then verbally said he could live in the estate. And then she died. And the guy was like 67. And he used to come over to my house and say, the person in question is is very ill, Victor, what should I do? I was only like 28. And I said, get it in writing, get it in writing. Get it. And then he, she just died suddenly. And then the heirs came in and sold the place and kicked, and they wanted to invict him because they wanted the new owner didn't want somebody there with a lifetime estate, right? He worked the farm. And he got a free house. It was very common. And so they called me in <laughs> and mm -hmm. their lawyer like, yep, Mr. Hansen, are you attorney? <laughs> no. <laughs> Do you know anything about jurisprudence? No. So you, this man came over to you and he asked your advice. Now, why would he do that? I said, because I was farming and he was farming and that was a customary procedure to give a house to a, uh, the foreman. And he was worried because she was sick and I had known her very well. And she said she was going to take care of him. That's all I know. But she said she was going to take care of him. And he thought that. And then she died. And it's not in there, but it's a moral, not a legal question. Oh, it's a moral question. You have superior morality, you know. And lo and behold, he won. And then he died. <laughs> he won. And after all that turmoil, he got the poor 1,100 square foot home. For he and his wife to live out their years because his great aunt died at 88 or something and he died they they came in and they yeah. sold they sold the place so he had nothing to you know he had nowhere to work and he he'd worked there most of his adult life and then he had this house and he was just sitting there while this new owner was there and he had nothing to do and 
he died. Yeah. So the the new heir, the new owner got what he wanted anyway. He still bought the property. He probably got a good break. He said to him, well, if that guy won your case and he gets the house and I'm going to buy a property with somebody living there that I can't rent out, I want a reduction in price. So he probably got that. Then he got in there and then the guy was so stressed out he died. So he won, won, won. Well, that's a sad tale. It's very sad. It's very sad. very sad. And so I know a little bit about, you know, I used to... Courtrooms. Yeah. yeah, my mom was a lawyer, and then she was a superior court judge, superior court juvenile justice, appellate court justice. She never... She was very professional. She'd never tell any of the cases, but personalities or anything. But every once in a while, she'd ask me about a case, but she would disguise the names or not tell. And I would always talk to her about it. And mm -hmm. she always said to me, there's nothing worse than a bad lawyer. And that's the majority of them. But there is nothing better than a good lawyer. If you can find a good, honest, capable lawyer, you have found your salvation. And she always told me that. And I found that in my 69 years, that's been exactly true, whether I've gone through probate or I've uh, helped my parents with their trust or I've, you know, I've had problems with a neighbor who expropriated an alleyway and destroyed an easement. Every time I've had a good lawyer, it's just been really good. But every yeah. time I've had a bad one, it's been horrible. So, yeah. so you think... Uh Gwyneth Paltrow with her fancy pants glasses and her fancy pants clothes. Let's make a little wager. There's two things going on. There's the middle class resentment of stuck up elite actresses that live in Malibu plight, right? Yes. And, that, and then there is there's the resentment of the middle class that gets on juries that are starstruck. And the starstruck and the sheer excitement of being in the same vicinity with a big screen personality trumps the resentment of their haughtiness and arrogance and snobbery. And no, my experience, <laughs> my experience is that the excitement and the romance of being around a celebrity is yeah. I've seen it. Uh, I can give you one example of what I mean. I was with a group of people that hated Donald Rumsfeld. They hated Donald Rumsfeld. I was on his board and I liked Donald Rumsfeld. I thought he was a very good man. I think he was very misunderstood. Kind of was, he, he was the, he took the bum rap for Iraq. But nevertheless, he didn't want to really go into Iraq and he wanted a small force. He didn't want to go in, he didn't believe in nation building, etc. He wanted to get in and get out like they had in the first Gulf War. Whether that was wrong or not, I don't know. But my point is that I invited him to speak to this group. And guess what? After he spoke, I thought I thought it was going to be so disruptive, right? Because they were saying, oh, Donald Rumsfeld's coming. Oh, my God. And then that was right when he was very controversial, right? He had, he had been, he had resigned. He just wrote his memoirs, known unknowns, all that. And he came in and he gave a masterful performance. He was very photogenic very confident. He was like 80 years old, he played handball that morning. And guess what, Sammy? All the people who had attacked him said, Victor, can't we have a photo op? Photo op. Come on. I want to get my picture with him. So 
I said, yeah, get your, your cameras out. So they all stood in line and they put their arm around Donald Rumsfeld and got pictures with him. If he had been, if he had been a defendant, they would have acquitted him, even though they said they wanted to put him in purgatory. So I think that'll happen. Yeah. But okay, if it well, doesn't, we'll be see. sure to rub it in on me next episode. <laughs> and maybe well, your, your may listeners too. the best too. person win in that Okay, case. so you're going to go to our listeners. Yes. I've been politely and, and chastised, but I said, one, I won't give them the last names because I know that I don't want people. And didn't, But Gary's a very good listener. He's very bright. He's We communicate sometimes. And he was right about being more upbeat. Because after all, my wife calls me Eeyore. Hey, Eeyore, you got a cloud under you? Probably justly justly named. I guess. No, well, yesterday when I went into complete anaphylactic shock, I had a reason to be depressed. Yes. Well, I'm sure she was happy with uh, all of the medications. I like the doctor. He was, he, was, he was smiling the whole time. He said, yeah. Victor Hansen. And he, it was very good. I won't re- reveal any more information, but I was fortunate they were Fox viewers and not CNN viewers. But <laughs> he said, you take the EpiPen, you twist the cap off, you push the blue thing, and you hit your thigh, and then you wouldn't be here. Well, you have to be there, he said, because we'd like to check on you, of course, and do this follow-up with steroids, but you wouldn't have gone into the same degree of shock. I just have all these EpiPens. I've had them for years, and I've always said, if you use them, you got to go to the emergency room. I don't want to go to the That was the stupidest thing in the world. Anyway, what are the questions? Oh, okay. So I just have one question from a viewer, and then we'll call it a day here. What does Dr. Hansen think about a constitutional amendment for the requirement for voter voter photo ID? Well, that is tricky. Because the Constitution says, and I'm doing this from memory, that the primary responsibility for balloting laws shall rest with the states, except from time to time the federal government can intervene uh, for a national standard. Okay, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. So they have, they have with the you know 18-year-old vote, they had with the civil rights vote, they had with the suffrage movement, right? But they do it rarely. So today we have all of these different states. I would like to do it, but Joe Biden just tried to do it. Remember, one of the first thing he did when he came in was a national voting law that they were going to implement uh, and override that clause in the Constitution. I don't know if it was been constitutional or not, but it was very comprehensive and it was just the opposite. There would be no voter ID and there would be you know, extended voting, and there were going to be mail-in, and third party. It was all designed to get as many people voting who shouldn't be as possible. And so, yeah, I'm for only absentee ballot, maybe for military people and people who in advance request a absentee ballot for illness, and then no early voting, maybe two days of voting with a holiday, one being a holiday and two days, but no early voting. And no third party harvesting where you go and, you know, go to a home and you hire a guy to go to a person's home and say, here's your ballot. And I'll wait for you while you fill out what I hand you to vote for. Then I'll take it for you. And no ballot curing. So when a ballot comes in, it doesn't match the registration list or it doesn't 
have a last name or it has no signature, you don't call the person up and say, would you like to cure this ballot from its maladies? You know, none of that stuff. And that's what we have now. There's 10 million ballots in California that nobody knows what happened. They don't know if they were used. They just know they were mailed out and they don't know what happened. 10 million. And so it's a mess. So she's, you're, questioner's right. I just don't know how the best way of, of doing it. I suppose it is not with a, it's to go back and say, well, Biden wanted to wreck the balloting and we want to preserve it. So we're going to try to do what Val, uh, Biden did, but we're good guys and have a national voting law to override this constitutional right of the states. I'm kind of wary of that. I don't think it's going to make a big difference if, if it's a blue red thing, because California, Illinois, New Jersey, New York are lost. Uh, And for the left, I think Florida, Texas, and, you know, states like that are lost. So we're basically talking about 10 states that matter. Georgia, Arizona, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, North Carolina, maybe Nevada, maybe Colorado, maybe Colorado. And that's about it, if you think about it. All the rest are people have voted with their feet for 20 years and they're not and they're either red or blue now. And they're it's a pre-civil war dichotomy. Yeah, it sure is. All right. Well, on that note, Victor, I think we are at the end of our time here. Thanks again, as I always say, for all the wisdom and the interesting takes on the current news today. Really appreciate it. Thank you. And I'm going to be more upbeat as my bee venom leaves my system. (laughs) All right. This is Sammy Wink and Victor Davis Hanson, and we're signing off.